0: Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast, whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Fintech Focus TV. We love to celebrate the fintech businesses that have the big ideas and those that are making waves in their fields. Today I'm joined by the CIO of Oak North, Sean Hunter. Oak North is the UK's fastest ever growing fintech and the next generation credit platform that's redefining lending to lower mid market businesses globally. We're doing this with Focus TV today to celebrate the fact that they appeared in our Financial Technologist magazine as one of the most influential financial technology companies 2020. So, welcome, Sean.
0: Thank you very much, Nanny. It's great to, have, to be here.
1: Thank you so much. So it'd be lovely if you could open up and tell us a little bit more about Oak North from the inside.
0: Sure. So Oak North uses technology plus data plus people to solve the problem of SME lending. Um, So we basically are a bank in the UK, but a fintech platform that works with banks globally. And we're looking to solve this problem that SMEs face where they want to borrow you know if you're a small sme and you're looking to make a small loan um there's lots of fintech players and banks who will come talk to you but if you're growing your business and you're a little bit larger it starts to become very difficult because banks have a bit of a blind spot around these kinds of growing businesses and um and so they find it very difficult to do the right kind of analysis to treat them seriously and and give them the kind of debt finance that they need.
1: Absolutely. Um, So you were actually nominated as a business to watch out for this year by our judging panel, Um, and that panel included EY, Lloyd, Baringa, just to name a few. Um, What do you think um, it was about Oak that really set you apart from the rest?
0: Yeah, so we do a number of things really differently from lots of companies. So the first thing is, uh, that sets us apart is our founders. They've been there before. They've started, scaled, and sold a business. So they know a lot, not just how to run a business, but they know about what entrepreneurs need in order to successfully grow a business. Um, And they know how to build teams, build culture, and all those kinds of things that are very, very important. So that's the one thing. Um, The second thing is our founders, having built a business and being very successful, they're not looking to get a short term payout um they're looking to make a real impact and um and so that changes the nature of their decision making it's much more long term also they they own still the the most of the company so whereas a lot of startups you know they need funding so they take vc funds and everything and that's fine what it means is that um you get a different set of shareholders and they don't necessarily have the same kind of long-term alignment. So the fact that our founders still own very significant stakes in the business, I think, is different. Another thing is we're profitable. Um, Our founders have have had a sort of laser focus on costs and a laser focus on attaining profitability. And what that means is we know that the business model works. If you, you know, if you look at the Uber situation this year, you know, there was previously a a tremendous focus on growth at all costs and business models that were hyperscalable but didn't necessarily deliver profitability because the thought was, hey, you know, we'll just capture lots of users and we'll figure profitability out later. And that model worked great for, you know, Facebook and all kinds of companies. But you know, the proof of the pudding is in a difficult time, um, having a profitable business means you're not having to go cap in hand looking for more investment when times are tough. You're able to use that profit to still sustainably fund the business. And you also know that your business model works. People are prepared to pay enough to kind of make money. So I think those things make a huge difference.
1: Oh. And it is really nice to to hear you talk through that as um you know, it's people first and you, you've kind of worked your way from people to profitability um and it couldn't be more relevant right now as we're all at home recording this in the corona crisis um which kind of takes me on to the next question because i wanted to ask you one of the biggest challenges you overcome as a business and i know that can start quite wide but also we're all in the world right now facing um uh, the, the huge challenge that corona puts on us every single day Um, and how we're having to change how we run our businesses. So it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on
0: that. Yeah, so there's lots and lots of dimensions to this. The one thing is, obviously, the crisis itself and everyone being in lockdown means lots of businesses are having to adapt to a different way of working. Um, That's not necessarily, you know, that's a little easier for for sort of new tech uh, startups like us Um, than it might be for an established bank. Because a lot of banks, they might have had a bit of home working, you know, for a disaster recovery scenario, but they're not really set up for their entire staff to be working from home. And so that's very difficult for a lot of people. Um, But, you know, looking more widely, the crisis itself, um, obviously, is a very significant challenge for our borrowers. You know, we're we're a bank in the UK, and our borrowers, many of them, are going to suffer a very acute cash flow crisis in the next few months, as the as the economy, you know, suffers the ongoing effects of this lockdown. Um, and then, you know, moving more broadly, we work with banks throughout the world, North America and Europe in particular, but also in Asia. And in all of those cases, the banks themselves and their borrowers are going to be suffering uh, the from this crisis. One of the things that we want to do is we want to keep our people healthy. We want to be able to be effective and respond positively to this crisis. So, you know, we've looked to develop a um, COVID impact, a data-driven COVID impact study. So we can look through all of our borrowers and all of the borrowers of the banks that work with us. We can uh, rate them for risk. So these are, you know, how strongly impacted is a business going to be, not just by the disease, but by the lockdown. So, for example, you might be, you know, I'll pick an example. You might have a a healthy business in Singapore, but it's a trading business. And even though Singapore itself has responded very well to the crisis and their, their, um, you know, the long-term economic prospects for Singapore look pretty good at the moment. Um, you might be trading in you know exporting say for example into Europe where the lockdown is likely to be much more acute and so what we're trying to do is use data to analyze all of the borrows of all of the clients that we have and figure out what is the impact of this in the long term and you know what what help do they need from you know banks and governments because around the world different governments are taking different approaches but you know some governments are sort of Basically, um, funding banks to go and provide funding versus um, other governments are, are doing it directly. So, what we want to do is help these banks to understand their borrowers and help them to see what support those borrowers need, as well as supporting our own borrowers in the UK. Sorry, that was a very long answer, but it's quite a lot but, of detail.
1: But a, a fascinating answer because, again, you've you kind of talked us through a bit of a three step process, you know, making sure people are healthy um making sure that that we're still being effective and uh, well, you're still being effective as a business and i think this is really good advice for other other businesses out there in the marketplace and making sure that you're responding positively by doing your analysis and then being able to react appropriately to that so it's a really really fascinating answer and it does take me perfectly onto the, the next question which was to take us back to why you were nominated for our Uh, most influential financial technology companies 2020 and why you got on that list Because that list was about um, it it really showed up a number of key themes and one of the key themes that we noted was that uh, fintech is ripe for seeing problems as opportunities and right now of course this is a huge problem that is a global problem Um, and a lot of people spoke about how fintech companies the fintech mindset is all about resilience of our market space I wanted to ask you your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, this is a perfect question for right now. Because on the one hand, you've got the theme that I mentioned before of, of sort of companies running on VC money during fuel growth. And we're likely to see some of that runway dry up because um, you know, the, the VCs are likely to become more risk-averse as the economic outlook is uncertain and they'll pull back. Um, So one of the big opportunities we have is because we're a profitable business um, and we're very, very well capitalized, it gives us a chance to use that capital to grow our business. Um, And the second thing is, I think the the crisis is gonna be a catalyst to see how resilient this sector really is. One of the things that's very different for us um, is we're really, uh, you know, one of our principles is this concept of right ambition we think it's very very important to think things through um, not just in terms of what you can get out of a situation but how you can make your customer more successful and then we derive our success from our customer's success so if you think about us as a platform business when we're working with banks a lot of banks are going to find things really really hard over the next six to nine months however one of the things they really need is more insight into their portfolios greater understanding of what their borrowers need. Um, so if we can provide that, they can make their borrowers more successful, and in turn, we will be more successful. So one of the things we're really um, talking to banks around at the moment is, how can we improve the monitoring we provide to them? Um, and for banks who are not currently clients, you know, what is the monitoring offering we can provide to them? Um, and that allows them to get much more insight. Now in times like this where everyone's worried and uncertain about the future being able to go from what banks historically have had which is very very little insight um to real insight and foresight but without the noise so you know of their whole portfolio a lot of banks have really no idea what the current state of these borrowers are who's really suffering etc so providing them that insight but then secondly removing all the noise so you don't get swamped by a deluge of unnecessary data and so on. You get just the things that they can actually take action on. And so we think this is actually an opportunity to prove ourselves as a company and deliver something really exceptional for our customers, which will then allow them in turn to get better serve their borrowers, because there's lots of great businesses out there. And, you know, if you're thinking in the long term, um, this economy globally, Has to recover from this crisis. And that means people have to get back to work. People have to have money from earning, you know, from having proper jobs, et cetera. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen overnight. There's a long way to go. Um, And we're still in the health response phase. But eventually, once we start to move beyond that into being able to respond and and move forward, um, there's a lot of people who. businesses who will need funding to grow, and in order to provide funding, banks will need to have insight into what they're doing. So we think the long-term picture for our offering is very, very good. It's just, um, we need to actually help the borrowers and help the banks as much as possible through this crisis.
1: Fantastic, and I, and I think again, your, your answer here has really outlined exactly who uh, you are as a company and, and what you guys stand for um yeah again it's making sure it's uh, very much making sure you're looking after the people that you work with the people within the business the people that you're connected to um and I know that as a business and you as a person you're so passionate about the power of having a great team behind you um I I wondered if uh, you wanted to add any more thoughts because I think this has been a a theme that's run through uh, the majority of this this podcast but um Mm. can you tell us a bit more about how um that's made you stand out?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, people are absolutely essential ingredient to building a great business. You just, if you think about how you could build, you can't build a great company, a great brand and everything without having a really strong team. And part of that is, you know, everything we do depends on our customers. Our customers have to really trust us as a partner. And that means great people who are able to put the customer first, really understand what they need. and really delight the customer by offering them things that they wouldn't even necessarily expect to get, both from a bank and from a fintech. So so we think having a really strong team is incredibly important. One of the things that we're very lucky uh, is that because we've been successful, like for example, the nomination um, that you guys made, because because we've got this external validation of our success and so on, we're able to attract a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily come to a fintech, but they suddenly hear, oh, wow, I'd never heard of Oak North maybe, but actually, you know, the, the the information about them as a company is really good. Like they seem to be a really great company to work for and they seem to be having a lot of success and success breeds success. You know, great people want to work with other great people. We have, for example, a number of women on the Women in Fintech Power List. We've had a lot of really fantastic people who, who work with, with us. And and I love working with these people. They're really great uh, to work with. Part of it is also we have a really strong set of values, which are, you know, really reinforced and defined from the very top, like our founders really live these values very strongly. Um, And that makes a massive difference. So we're constantly trying to improve what we do, but still, you know, live these values of delivering something that's 10x better than anyone expects or better than the competition of working together as a team. You know, one team is very important for us. Momentum. So delivering as fast as we can and putting speed and energy and drive into everything we do. Because as I said, success breeds success. If you're moving forward, moving forward. Another thing is saying it like it is. So we believe really strongly that um, you, you know, if you kind of try and cover up problems, that just leads to greater suffering and greater problems down the road. So we believe in saying it like it is and open and transparent. So, you know, I frequently speak to the founders. People speak to me and say like, hey, I don't think what you're doing is right. You know, this is wrong. Can we change this? I think something else would be better. And, you know, they're very open to this type of conversation. If it's done in the right spirit, if it's done in a spirit of improvement and, and not trying to knock people down, but trying to make the end result of what we do better. Right ambition, I already mentioned, which is incredibly important, is, is, you know, having an ambition not just that is selfish, but, you know, is ethical and and is trying to grow the business in a way that helps our customers to succeed and sees our success as a byproduct of that. Um, Other things is customer delight, which I also mentioned, which is incredibly important, you know, giving something that's better than anyone expected. And finally, you know zero basing. One of the things that I think is a huge mistake that a lot of companies make is, and, I, and I've personally made this mistake in the past, is hanging on to poor decisions because you are sort of ego invested in in them, rather than thinking, hey, if I if I was to make this decision fresh today, would I do this? Is this the right thing to do now? Um, and we think that's incredibly important because you know one of the things is fintech. You, you you're scrappy and you're changing plans all the time and the world changes all the time. You know, this COVID crisis is a perfect example. And so a plan, you know, if I was a hiring manager and and I said, hey, you know, my plan is to hire, you know, X number of people, but that plan was devised before this COVID crisis, it would be crazy to like think about that plan still in the same way the world has really changed. So we try to constantly zero base and, and think from scratch hey, you know, what is the best way forward from here? And I think those things really help to grow a great team. Um, and we think about those things when we're hiring, so we look for those characteristics in people that we hire. And also we ruthlessly stamp out you know, politics and, and things which are negative to those values um, through promotion, through the founders personally like intervening whenever they see any kind of politics or anything that's adversarial to our values um and that really helps us as a company to to grow and hire good people and retain good people
1: i think all of that's just so relevant right now because you know we are, we are under pressure as an industry and just hearing mm. how much structure you have around looking after people and getting the best out of them and i love this concept of zero basing because mm. I, as a person like i often i often well you know i wait for that bus for i don't know how long and, and it is ridiculous. Start walking, and it's that metaphorical. No, Let's exactly. think about this again. And and right now, with everything that we're facing, perhaps we need to look at doing it a different way. And I think the advice that you've given there is absolutely fantastic to people that will be listening, especially right now. Um, so my last question: uh, twenty twenty and beyond. I know it's a little bit difficult to pinpoint exactly what the future plans are, because right now we are living in a bit of uncertainty. But so it'd be good to hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah, so obviously this crisis is dominating everything right now. And, you know, everything points towards it being as bad or possibly even worse than 2008. Um, so, so that's the very short-term pain. And there will be a, a tale of economic pain after the health crisis has passed which is going to be very significant. However, as I said, we think there's going to be a lot of businesses that are still going to be strong, that still have profitable business plans, that are still were healthy businesses before the pandemic. and And, you know, so number one is finding ways to support these businesses, help them through this time. That's our number one priority. And sort of transitively helping our Uh, fintech platform clients to help their borrowers, you know, in in other countries. Um, Then, you know, what we want to do is we want to be able to look back on this as a society and know that we came together to support each other, to help people who are vulnerable, to protect this incredibly vital SME part of our economy. And I think if we get this right, it'll be a tremendous learning for generations to come. It will be, um, ultimately good for our economy in the very long term, but it's gonna be incredibly hard for a very long time. And I think the the key thing for us as a, as a business, as Okunov, is to you know, stick to our guns, um, keep putting our customers first, and, uh, and grow you know, in that way. Um, because if we help our customers to be successful through this crisis, then I think long-term success is pretty much guaranteed. I think that's
1: such a positive um end point uh for this podcast that this will bring us together and I and I totally agree that because we're all in the same boat we're affected by this and if we take on um just a few of your lessons your structure your advice today I think we'll all be in a much better position so (laughs) Sean I've got to say that that was a fantastic conversation thank you so much for being a part of our FinTech Focus TV and podcast series. Um, I've really enjoyed everything you've had to say today. And thank you to everybody uh, listening, everybody watching.
0: Cool, well thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure.